Welcome, and thanks for joining us for A Word from the Park, sermons offered by leaders of the Park Avenue Christian Church in New York City. So I think I mentioned that I've never preached on this passage before, and I don't know exactly why. I think because I have heard it so often interpreted in a way that I found challenging, maybe even oppressive. I know a lot of people who read scripture through a particular lens that sometimes doesn't resonate with me. And so they will read a passage like this and come up with some rules. And there are some pretty clear rules in a number of faith traditions that come right out of this. One is that some folks will not take an oath, right? You've maybe heard of some of these folks who say, you know what Jesus said, don't take an oath. I'm not going to take an oath. There are rules around how that works out in all kinds of ways in society, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute. I do not take any objection to that perspective. I think it matters, but it's not something I've taken on because I think it doesn't necessarily get at the heart of what Jesus is saying. And so if I were to try to help us to get what I think is the essence of Jesus's word here, is when he says, let your no be your no, your no, sorry, let me say that again, let your no be your no, and your yes be your yes. And if, by the way, if you can pull this off, I think it changes everything about how you live, how you think, how you interact with other people, and especially how you interact with God. Now, what do I mean by this? First, let me do a little bit of exegesis on this text. So people are, I think, around Jesus, and he's getting frustrated with this whole practice of oath-taking or swearing. So when people would want to convince someone that they're particularly sincere in what they're saying, you know, at first they might say, okay, I I didn't do that, for example. I really didn't do this thing that you're accusing me of. And then whoever they were talking to would say, well, we don't believe you. And so they would say, no, no, really, I swear I didn't do it. And still, they wouldn't be believed, and so they'd say, oh, but I swear to God on heaven on earth and to Jerusalem and to everything I can possibly call out, I swear to that. And that started to become the practice so much that the first thing you said was not sufficient, and so you would step it up and eventually call God into the conversation when God said, "Uh, I don't know if I need to be there, right? If your no is your no and your yes is your yes, there's no need to swear. There's no need to take an oath because your word is sincere. But we can see how that becomes a problem, because lies are tempting. Lies are so pernicious and present in our thoughts, in our actions, in our problem solving, in how we determine how we're going to live and what we're going to do and how we're going to shape our world around us. Lies are present there. And sometimes, you know, we, we put lies on a gradation, right? Little white lies. There's all kinds of gray in the black and white. And we might even justify not telling the truth because we're not that far off of the truth, right? 
It's close enough. But why do we lie? Why do we tell things that are not true? And I say we, by the way, and I'm not particularly a liar. I, I, my words are generally almost always true. You see how I'm hedging there, right? That's how I lie. I don't really usually say something that's an actual lie, but what I do is I choose my words so carefully that I walk around that truth. That, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it is truth. And we all lie, all of us. We all tell things that are not true. And sometimes we even lie to ourselves. But why do we do this? We do it, I believe, I think the compassionate read of this, is that we do it because whatever we know to be the truth feels unbearable to us. It just doesn't seem like we can live in that space of truth. And so we start to say, well, I'm not going to tell the truth to myself or to others because it will hurt me or it'll hurt them. Lies are almost always fear-based because we're afraid of whatever it might mean to both tell the truth and to live in the truth. And we talk about the truth a lot here. We talk about living into our truth and being our authentic selves. And that's hard work. And I preach about that enough that that's not going to be my sermon today, but it is important that you remember that you are beloved. You are born of God. You are covenanted with God. You are redeemed. You are taken care of. You are God's beloved, as you are, not as you need to pretend to be. That's always worth repeating. But, and, once we are truthful, truthful with ourselves about who we are, it can be very scary to let people know that. And so lies can be a form of aggression, like passive aggression, avoiding a conversation that's going to be tough. And so you just tell it, the truth a little bit differently so the person doesn't have to hear what's real. We lie for all kinds of reasons, to all kinds of impacts. But I think why this creates a spiritual crisis is that every single lie that we tell weaves us into, you know, what we say is a web of lies. It's like it shackles us to a story that is not true. I think about this because we know that God is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. And if God is truth, then the not truth is not God. Do you hear that? So if you're in a place that is not true, then that is not a place of God. And what we do when we tell lies is that we, it's almost like we create this other space. We walk into a new room where we say, God, God can't join me there because it's not the truth. It's not what's really real. And in that space of a lie, we're woven into that web of lies that gets harder and harder to manage. I I think of it like these, every lie that you tell creates a new room in the mansion in which you live, of your head. And as you very well know, when we say things that are not true, we have, that becomes a story that needs service. It has to be serviced, right? We have to live into it and remember what we said to this person versus what we said to that person. It gets harder and harder to do. And each accommodation that we make for the not truth 
is yet another shackle, another chain to something that is not of God. It is hard, it is bad, it is not freedom. And it is that important that Jesus addresses this. Let your no be your no and your yes be your yes. Tell the truth, say it plain. That is the only way to be in the presence of God. Otherwise, you are pushing God aside, stepping away from God into a room where you think God isn't. We cannot lie. But I don't want to just leave it there because there's another really crucial component to what Jesus is saying. What is your no? Because, and this almost feels like a whole other sermon, Because a lot of times we get caught in a web of lies or we also get caught in a web of circumstances and situations that we are not supposed to be in, right? We have to say no more. We say yes way too much. And we think, in fact, a lot of times people in pulpits like this will say, you have to do what I tell you. Say yes. If I ask you, say yes. If it comes up, say yes. It is so much part of our culture that we must say yes to so many things. And Jesus, a big part of the Gospels, is understanding what to say no to. You have to know this and let your no be your no. So if you know it's wrong, you cannot do it. If you know it steps you into a space that compromises your integrity or who you are or your relationship with God, that needs to be a no and it needs to be a firm one. Let your no be a no, a real no. Say no. If it is unjust, say no. Don't step into that space because that's a new shackle. That is not freedom. And let your yes be your yes. And how do you know the difference between saying no and yes in, in these grand terms or even on the smallest of scales? I would say that if your yes begins as a yes to God, then it's righteous, it's holy, it's what you were born to do. And so if someone asks you to do something and you're trying to decide between your no, which will be a no, or a yes, which will be a yes, First, ask God, is this me saying yes to you? It is the easy rule, and it also may be the hardest thing you'll ever do. Insert God into the equation. Put God and what God is asking of you first in everything you have to do. And that's how your life changes. It's not easy. I'm someone who loves control. Tatiana will tell you it's because I'm a Leo. My birthday's coming up, by the way. I don't know if that's what it is, but I will say that I do like to make things and shape them into what I want them to be. And sometimes that means bending some lines. When I have not asked God, what do you want of that situation? then not only am I shackling myself to something that is not of God, I am actually putting those shackles on someone else. And that is not of God either. I try to give you a simple message here. Put God in the equation. Because 
if you can remember this, if you can have this as part of your core, part of your prayer life, part of everything that you do, it frees you from all of that other stuff. It breaks the chains of your lies and the untruths that want to hold you down. There's a reason we say the devil is a lie. Because God is truth. And the other truth is that God intends for you to live into a delicious yes, a wonderful space of joy and happiness and communion with God. It is not a burden to say yes to God first. It is your birthright. One last thing I'll say about this on a more personal note is that this is my last time preaching here for a minute because I am headed off to my trial. And uh, that's out of state, and I've got to practice and get ready. And I'll be testifying on August 29th, so if you can remember me in your prayers, I'll really appreciate it. But they will, as I stand and step into that witness box, they will say to me, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And for me, saying yes to that is easy. It's the whole reason I'm there. I want to tell the truth. But then I listened to Jesus in this passage again, and I realized one of the reasons this whole trial and this testimony I have to give is ripping away at me is that it is scary. It is terrifying what I'm trying to do to push back on injustice. But thank God that oath I will be asked to give ends in that key and crucial phrase, so help you God. I am doing my ministry and I do the parts of it that are hard because I do it with God's help. I do it as the result of God's call. I do it because God has told me to say no to injustice to tell the truth about what happens at the border. And because of that, the government didn't like it. It's terrifying to say no to the government, right? It's terrifying to say no to someone that powerful, to the people, the, the guys with the guns. But God told me to say no and let my no be a no, and so I have to do it. And I promise you, I wish I didn't have to. And the only way I'm gonna be able to pull this off is with the help of God. So wherever it is that you are called into your form of truth that will in, certainly involve sacrifice, I just want to say you can do it. Or maybe you can't. But with God's help, absolutely you can. I had planned, this is the last thing I'll say about this, I had planned to go through my trial and come back and... and have a whole conversation with our church leadership. And I honestly just had this vision of Carl Buckland giving me a big hug and saying, we're proud of you, Pastor. And that can't happen in physical form because he has gone on to the ancestors. But here's what I believe. Part of what God's help means 
is that we have the strength of God's great communion of saints around us who witness it all, who see the possibilities of our truth, and they see it right before us, and they want it for us. And so I won't be able to have Carl here to give me that big hug and say, we're proud of you, Pastor, but I will have Carl and all the others who are rooting for us, rooting for people in their most vulnerable state with me. That's how God's help shows up. And with that, mountains can move. Amen. We're glad you could join us for A Word from the Park. Please follow us for more episodes and tell your friends and loved ones how they too can hear A Word from the Park. You can also find us at www.parkavenuechristian.com.